Please open your Bibles to the 147th Psalm as we praise God. We're here to praise God tonight. And we're going to talk a lot about praising God through the end of this book. Through the last five Psalms, we considered last week how these last five psalms of the book have been titled by many Hallelujah Psalms. And they draw our attention to a life of praise to God. Sometimes we'll think we've got it all right and there's things that are being done on our spiritual checklist. But how about giving praise to God? How about speaking well of Him, adoring His name, considering who He is. Our attention is going to be drawn to that, that this is to be continual in all of our lives. You know, the Lord will truly be worshipped as we gather together. If our lives are full of and active in Praise given to God. We don't just show up to church and, and say praise God out of a, necess- out of a necessity to, to have just Christian jargon being said. It's something that our entire lives are to do. And uh, I'm reluctant to say this, but I think we have a short message tonight. Maybe wrong. But we're going to look at three things tonight that we give praise to the Lord for. And one thing is He returns us. He restores His people. Praise Him for that. Not only that, but He rejoices over us. I kind of thought about how that sounded and somebody might be thinking we're going to praise God because, he, because He's joyful over us. Well... It's what God does with us to take us to a place to where He can rejoice over us. It's a miracle. And we can praise Him for that. And not only that, but He reveals to us. And of course, that is His Word that we have. And we'll close tonight with praising Him for His Word. But if you will look with me in verses 1 through 6, let's look at how He returns us. He restores His people. The psalmist says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathered together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them by all their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. The Lord returns us. 
surely it's not just me and this happens with you. If you are going to a destination you've never been through before, especially if it's in like a residential area, and, you'd, and, you, and so you're driving through the streets, you're looking at addresses, you're looking at street signs, and, and, it, and by the time you get to that destination, you feel like you must be in the very back of the neighborhood. It took so long to get there. And then when you go to leave, you're back up on the main road in no time. It, it's the same distance you've driven, but it sure seems a lot quicker when you're headed back home. There's something real good about going back home. And most of the time, it seems like a shorter trip. No matter how far one of God's children might get away from Him, if they will humble themselves before God, listen to God speaking to their hearts, and make the trip back home, God will make that coming home so shorter, so much shorter than, than we'd ever thought it was. That th there will be regret we didn't do it long before. How, how easy God will make it in His mercy and compassion and kindness and grace for His children to come back home. It's a short, sweet trip back into the will, will of God. It really is. You know, many have related this psalm of praise to Nehemiah and his people rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and restoring the city. And in that case, that called for a great celebration. It called for praise to God for what they had been given. If you remember... We've talked about this in different messages that, you know, there were, there's some fault uh, on the people of God for the destruction of Jerusalem. There was rebellion against God. There was a turning away and neglecting of God. And that will always cause there to be a price to pay. But now, they have returned. They have been returned to their land. The captivity of the Jews had been prophesied and their return had been prophesied. And the prophecy of the word of God through the prophets came true. It always has. It always will. How wonderful it is to rest in the word of God, but we're going to talk about that in, in just a little bit. You know, there were many other people groups who would return to their land. And the place was destroyed, you know, in, in ruin. And, and it didn't get rebuilt for them. But Jerusalem, the city, was rebuilt. The walls put up around it. And, and I see so many things in this psalm that would lead me to believe this is the time of, of Nehemiah and his people rebuilding the walls and a restoring of the city. Many people didn't have that, but God's people did. Many people stayed brokenhearted in their wounds. Wounds as in some inner wounds. There's some outer wounds, but there's some inner wounds too. But here, the psalmist draws attention to his care, to the Lord's care 
for His people. He, he knows our outer wounds, and the Lord knows our wounds within. When, as I prayed a minute ago, there, there wasn't anything specific that had me to, to pray for someone who, who may have something going on that, that we don't know about. Nothing specific. Because I don't know, but, but the Lord does know. He knows our inner wounds. And the Lord cares. And we see here, by what the Lord has done for Israel, how He cares for His people. He knew the genuine repentance of Israel. He knew their hearts. Their confession of sin to Him, it was real. The Lord knows the heart and what's going on in the heart. And He gave His people comfort. His people had turned away from Him, had turned to other things, and they they make a short, sweet trip back to God and He has comfort for His people and He has restoring of the city. He has restoring of their souls. He knew the individual condition of every one of His people. The Lord, the Lord cares for each one of us individually. I've heard people say, well, well your God probably wouldn't have time for me or he's running an entire universe, what does he care with what's going on here? He, he cares about every bit of it in all of our lives. I mean, look what he says here in, in verse 4. He telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. How about us? It's, it's even more so with us that He knows us and He cares for us. He cares His people. He draws His people to Him to be restored. He knows how to return His people. It's not hard for Him. God does it all the time. He takes His people back to a spiritual condition they never thought they would have again. I'm sure there's many Christians who have had that thought, who have thought about the way they once served the Lord, the way they once walked with the Lord. And then things happen, and they just think, they think they've lost something that they can never get back to again. But I tell you what, the Lord specializes in returning His people to a place of service to Him. Sometimes we, we think we've lost something in relationship with, with, with God, with someone. Sometimes in different situations, we think love is lost and has gotten away from us that can never return. But our God is in the business of, of working miracles. And He transforms people's lives. What's impossible with man is possible with God. There is no situation 
There is nothing we can create in our lives that is too big for God to undo or to turn us back from. He turns His people back. He heals broken hearts. He attends to our wounds. As I mention this, I'm thinking that maybe there's someone... And praise the Lord if you're in such a condition that you've always walked with the Lord in such a way that the desire has always been there or you, or you think it is or we might think it is. You know, but there's, there's coming a time in every one of our lives where we're going to need that restoring returning of our lives back to God. I, I believe that there's a season for every single one of us that that's going to happen. I don't mean going off into the world knee-deep in sin or anything like that. There are things that happen to us in our Christian lives and, 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 and even though it's on us that we've fainted, it's, it's not an action of ours. It's not something wrong that we necessarily went out to do. But, but something has come upon us and, and maybe we didn't trust like we should. And, and we're near fainting and we need to be restored. I can't help but believe that every Christian will have that experience to some measure because what we have here is praise to be given to a God who restores. And if you've never had to be restored by the Lord before, you can praise God and believe that that is true. But when He brings it about in our lives, when He does what we think could, would never be done in our lives again, when He brings us back to a place that we've wanted to be, oh, what genuine, real, personal praise there is that is given to the God who returns His people to him. He not only returns us, which is something to praise him for, but he rejoices over us. Verse 7 Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving, sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food and the young ravens, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear Him, in those that hope in His mercy. I don't know how much we think about the little things or how much Jerusalem thought about the little things like, like the rain that the Lord gave. They, they, they planted the seed and it needed to be watered and the Lord sent the rain. The Lord gave peace between the animals and the people in that He, he, he fed the beasts 
so that there wasn't that hostility there. Something, something is, that could be so serious, but so small as that to see. He satisfied the appetite of the animals so the people wouldn't be their food. He fed the ravens. History says, people say that, that the, the ravens didn't take care of their own. And it would be left to them to go feed themselves. But the Lord saw the need of the ravens. And He took care of the ravens as well. And you think about this care. And you think about how the Lord cares for us. Jesus says we're better than the birds. Take no thought for your life. Don't worry yourself to death. He he takes care of the sparrow. He's going to take care of you and I. He cares for us. And, and through all the things of life, everything we go through, as a result of it all, and seeing how good God is, we grow into a more mature, trusting relationship with Him all the time we recognize how much He deserves our reverence. How much He deserves our respect. And we grow in trust. And we grow in reverential fear of the Lord. And the Lord takes pleasure in us for what He's doing to mature us, to make us more like His dear Son. The more we grow in this trusting relationship, when we trust the Lord, when we fear Him, God delights in that. Man, that's a, that's a million dollar question to some people. How could I please God? I want to please God with my life, but how would I please Him? Obey Him, trust Him, fear God. That's what, that's what Solomon ended up saying is the conclusion to everything and, and everything that he did. Fear God and keep His commandments. Obey Him and, and trust Him. He has proven Himself trustworthy in all we experience. This is where the Lord's trying to get us to. Why did I have to go through that? Why, did the, why do I seem to be tested this way? Why did this have to come upon my life? What did I do to deserve these blessings? The Lord is teaching us who He is and taking us to a place where He can rejoice over us. It, it was in this church that I first heard Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17, and I, and I just couldn't believe it. Long time ago, Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. What a, what a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. And God's not finished once He saves us. He's doing a work in our lives to bring us to a place of rejoicing over us. Praise God.
for Him rejoicing over us. For a few more verses on that, in the 35th Psalm, in the 27th verse, it says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. And then, in the 35th, 7th Psalm, verse 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And then in, in two weeks we'll be in 149, Lord willing. And the fourth verse says, For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. The Lord takes, taketh pleasure in His people. It's good for us to always know what we are and always know who God is and consider that that salvation that He has saved us with, that, that's a miracle. And He has taken us from what we were to someone who becomes more like Him by His grace, and He rejoices over us. Praise God (laughs) that He rejoices over us and everything that that entails. He reveals to us, verse 12, Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. For He hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth His commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth His ice like morsels. Who can stand before His cold? He sendeth out His word and melteth them. He causeth His wind to blow and the waters flow. He showeth His word unto Jacob, His statutes and His judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And as for His judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. The rebuilding of Jerusalem happened, and the word of the Lord said it would happen. Nothing happens without the word of the Lord saying it's going to happen. The word of the Lord gives sure prophecy. The people of Jerusalem were blessed with a prosperous city again because the Lord had given blessings to His people. They repented. You know, some people, the hair stands up on the neck at the thought of a sermon on repentance. Man, to repent sets us free. Back into serving the Lord. A sweet, quick trip. It's what the Lord is willing to do and wanting to do. 
It sets the child of God free from bondage that they don't have to be in. It's a positive thing. It's a good thing. The people of Jerusalem were blessed. They were in a prosperous city again. Because the Lord gave His blessings to His people. Verse 14 says, He maketh peace in thy borders. That does not mean that Israel did not have enemies. They did. They still had enemies. That that wasn't the peace. How did God give the nation of Israel peace? It doesn't mean that they didn't have opposition. But it, it speaks of safety. And it speaks of security. They had no protection when they walked away from God. But in repentance and coming back to the Lord, the Lord returning them, they had protection from the Lord. They were secure in Him. And they were safe no matter what enemies were around. In repentance, they were blessed beyond measure. They were blessed by the Word of God. They had the Word of God. The Word of God not only brought restoration to Jerusalem, the Word of God, look at verses 17 and 18, started out the seasons. The power of the Word of God. It says, He casteth forth His ice like morsels. Who can stand before His cold? He sendeth out His Word and melteth them. He causeth His wind to blow and the waters flow. The Word of God started, started the seasons. From the Word of God comes the will of God. Not just for His people, for, for creation. The creature... And creation. There is a a will of God. And it comes from the power of the Word of God. God has given His Word. God gave His Word to Israel. And Israel was to obey it. We're to obey the Word of God. Verses 19 and 20 that I just read, he said, He showeth His word unto Jacob, His statutes and His righteous and His judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. For, and as for His judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Israel was given the word of God. And they were to obey it. They were to obey it. And they were to share the Word of God with the world. Though Jerusalem suffered the ruin that they went through, the destruction, they they went through some ruin, they went through some destruction, they went through rebuilding. God restores. God restores people. But there was no rebuilding of the Word of God. There was no destruction of the Word of God. The Word of God always is. It always will be. It's it's never going away. The Word of God endures forever. Can we praise God for His Word tonight? What would the church be without the Word of God? (laughs) I'll never forget. A definition that I heard 
about worship. The supreme means of worship is the Word of God and prayer. Thank God for His Word. Peter says of the Word of God. Let me start in 1 Peter 1.23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Where would we be without the word of God today? Jesus ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit has come to live in our hearts. And His his Holy Spirit is here. He left His church here in this world and I'm thankful He left the Word in this world for us. And the the Word is never going to pass away. We couldn't have church service, and we couldn't have worship, we wouldn't be if, if we didn't have the Word of God. But we have it, and we have the assurance that it's never going away. The church is blessed with the Word of God, and the church is blessed by the Word of God. We're blessed when we obey it. We're blessed when we share it with the world. God restores. God returns His children to Him. Maybe it's not some major thing we've gone out and gone overboard in the world and done, but, you know, the restoring that we need, the desire we need, we're to be sharing the Word of God with others. Can, can anyone picture themselves in a time past sharing the truth with people out and about more, more than we do now? If that's the case, we need some restoring. There's some returning that we need to do to the Lord. Because that's, that's what we're to do with our lives. We're blessed with the Word of God. You know, we can hold it in our hand. We can carry it all the time. We can, we can have a Bible made out of the finest paper with the, with the nicest uh, leather ba- binding. But if, we, but if we don't know it, and if we're not doers of it, we're going to suffer some consequences for the neglect of it. Someone said if you have a Bible that's worn out, you have a life that's probably not. I really like that. Real simple and it hits home. Praise God for revealing to us His Word. And to know... That it's never going away. Isaiah said, the word of God shall stand forever. 
Jesus says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I think I've mentioned before that, that in, a, in, a, in a big gathering of various people, somebody said, Preacher, I got some news for you. There's a couple. They're one of the richest couples in the world, and they have set out to get rid of the Bible out of this country, off of this earth. And praise the Lord for His Word, that I, and knowing what it says about His Word, that I was able to immediately say, it's not going to happen. That there's no way. I promise you right now, what has said will not be fulfilled. It will not happen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Let's just start closing and thinking about how we should praise God for His Word. How about how the Word of God has survived through the ages? How about the attack that has always come upon the Word of God? And it lives. It is trustworthy. It deserves respect. The Word of God tells a person where they came from. The Word of God tells a person why they're here. And the Word of God tells a person where they're going. God is the author of His Word. The Bible has been breathed by God. Redemption through Jesus Christ is the theme. And salvation, the salvation of our soul is the purpose of the Word of God. The Bible will make a person wise. You fool around with the Bible long enough, it'll make you wise. Not only that, it brings about the greatest accomplishments that anyone will ever achieve in this world. Now, the world itself will not ooh and ah over it, but make no mistake about it. The greatest achievements on this earth will come as a result of the power of the Word of God in someone's life. The Holy Spirit spoke it through man. It's holy. It's dependable. It's the only remedy for the deep sorrow of the heart. People are putting band-aids on that sorrow all over the place in the world. But the Word of God is the remedy for our sorrow. It convicts the heart. It softens the heart. And the Word of God, it'll bring tears to the eyes. The Word of God gives blessed assurance. The Word of God takes the fear out of death. Oh, oh death, where is thy sting? We're not a, we, might, we might think about how we're going to go, but we're not afraid to death. The sting's been taken out. We have blessed assurance. Though it be rejected... Though the Word of God be laughed at, though so many copies of the Word of God have been burned, it lives on. It's the Word of His grace, and the Word of God is sufficient to satisfy. It's bread for the hungry. It's water for the thirsty. It's armor for the soldier. It's honey for the bitterness. It will build a life that is worth having. It will build a life that is worthwhile. All judgment is found in it. 
you try to share the Word of God with someone and people will say, God is my judge. You don't know how He's going to judge me. We'll leave that to Him. Well, He's made it known in His Word that judgment is coming and what judgment is coming. And ultimately, it boils down to there being a sin that's not going to be forgiven one day before God. There's, there's no way that the sin of rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is going to be forgiven. And we say that with absolute confidence and assurance. And it may be that God's convicting someone's heart right now. You haven't really considered salvation seriously but it's been in the Word of God forever, and it's going to be in the Word of God forever, and it's not going away. And salvation comes by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, was buried and raised again according to the Scriptures. The Word of God has preserved it. And salvation is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And if there's one here tonight who does not know God's saving grace through the free gift of Jesus Christ, we, we pray that you would come into a personal relationship with Him and have your sins forgiven and have the peace of knowing that you have a home in heaven. But for the children of God here tonight, let us not be missing praise in our life. Praise to God. Praise to God when we're all alone. Praising Him because He's a God who returns. He restores. It may not be you or I that need to be restored right now, but someone needs to be restored. And how much hope can we pray with for someone else knowing that God is a God who restores His people? Can we praise Him for that? that He brings us to such a place that He would rejoice over us. Praise God for what He does with our lives, that that can happen. Praise God for revealing to us His Word. Let us praise Him for those three things tonight. Let us, let us praise the Lord for, for salvation of a soul. If there's, if there's one here who does not know Jesus... You know what God's people are going to do? They're going to celebrate with you that you have realized that the Holy Spirit of God has drawn your heart and made you see your need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That the doubts will fly, that the wishful thinking you have finally seen doesn't cut it. And salvation is very real and it's very personal and it gives us peace. The Bible says, His Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. It's wonderful to know that we are saved. To, to know it, as John used that word 38 times in the book of 1 John. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. Oh, what peace that is. Let us pray. Father, we bow before you again. We thank you for this occasion to share your word, to have a time of invitation that, that there might be a, a fruit that would be shown of the work that you've done here tonight. 
We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for a time to worship you tonight. And Lord, may your people do business with you. May I do business with you as I see my need, Lord. Bless us in this time. Speak to our hearts. Let us rejoice in you. Lord, may we praise you throughout all of our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.